Yes, and welcome back to the Mate How Good Was podcast with me, Josh. And me, Dono. Okay, baby, okay. We're back with a player podcast. If you haven't already listened to our Week in Football, go back and listen to it, um, where we say some really interesting stuff that we don't know yet because we're actually recording the player first this week. Woo! It's a cookie and random. Um, but it hopefully it is already out. Um, well, by hopefully, it will already be out. Um, <laughs> we're going to go on to talk today about... Um, we're going to go on to talk today about what I'm going to say is the second tallest thing in Italy, other than the Tower of Pisa, is what we're going to talk about today. The Tower of Pisa is inches taller than who we're talking about today. Boise. Mm, okay, third tallest thing in Italy. <laughs> Coming in actually slightly just below Boise, but yeah, Boise, Boise is the tallest walking thing in Italy. This man is the second tallest walking thing in Italy after the Tower of Pisa. If Juninho was the little fella, this guy would be the big fella, right? <laughs> yeah. Or the big fucker, I reckon, because he's a big fucker, isn't he? Fucking hell. He probably did fuck, yeah. Yeah, big big fucker is in, Jesus, look at the size of that fucker. And also the fact that he probably fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Which we will talk about at some point, I imagine. <laughs> look how, look, this is the mate how horny was podcast. Look how excited you were to talk about him fucking. <laughs> right, anyway, we're gonna, today what we're going to do is we're going to answer the question, <laughs> mate, how good was Luca Tony? Mate. Yeah. A player with like a very weird, very weird rap sheet. He reminds me of a player that you're probably going to give me absolute powers for. I won't say it. I won't say it now. Will I say it now? Shall I say it now? Would you like me to tell you who he reminds me of? Michu. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. I will take the piss at you for that. How Michu? Just a big, just a big old weirdo up front that is very good with the ball at his feet <laughs> and loves to put the ball in the back of the net. I was watching him. I was like, this is that is so Michu. But maybe Michu is so Tony. <laughs> I think I think maybe Michu is a bit more Tony than Tony is Michu. Yeah, I, I would say that for someone who has scored 300 career goals, has won the World Cup um, and has played in the biggest leagues and for some of the biggest teams to then compare with a bloke that had a good season at Swansea. Yeah, but what a season. Yeah, great season to be fair, actually. Yeah. All right. So the so the tagline for this pod is going to be Luca Tony, the Italian Michu question mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right we were texting each other yes we were texting each other yesterday um, i said fucking hell good luck with tomorrow good luck with that tail of the tape right luca tony luca tony spent his career at a mere 13 clubs <laughs> the only person who's been to more clubs the only person who's been to more clubs across the world is fucking woolly on those 18 to 30 holidays it is. <laughs> but he has spent his time it's not at a no, tail of the tape mate it's, it's, it's a 13 clubs mate it's fucking massive. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Dono, do you want to... We'll just block up for the next eight or nine minutes. Do you want to give us Luca Tony's tale of the tape? Strap yourselves in. Luca Tony. The first name on the lips of Marcello Lippi. The big fella of Little Bayern. Hellas goals at Verona. Palermo in the second division. You can't be Siri B. Syria, this is about to get serious. Traitor of Palermo, assassin of the Azuri. Oh, Luca Sony starts his career 
at Norwich City's sexy Italian cousin, Modena. How's that pronunciation? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, we're liking that. Okay, wait for this one. Florence's fat, disgusting neighbour, Empoli. <laughs> Before transferring across to the club with the biggest name in Serie C, Group A, Fiorenzuola. <laughs> Before then making a move across to when you get quite a lot of jannies in one place, a lot of jannies. (laughs) 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 He then makes a move to a club that has died and come back to life more times than Jesus Christ, uh, Treviso. <laughs> the next club he moves to doesn't have a great deal going for him, so they are the Serie B winners, nineteen fifty-five, Vicenza. <laughs> uh, before making a move to uh, a club that was a big hit with Queen and David Bowie under Brescia, um, then making a move to Berlin's lover in La Casa del Papel, uh, Palermo. Uh, then makes a disgusting move to the bullet through the heart of uh, Jared Bowen sorry a bullet through the heart from Jared Bowen Fiorentina then he goes to the laughing stock of Bavaria uh, Bayern Munich before he moves to uh, what you tell your mum to do when you're escaping somewhere via boat Roma (laughs) <laughs> he then goes on loan to the sequel that no one asked for Bayern Munich 2 before making a move the substance you say to a mate when you're showing him a pic of a fit girl um, Genoa <laughs> uh, before oh. moving to the second biggest UV on planet earth behind Juventude uh, Juventus um, he then moves to a club in Dubai Al Nasser before he makes a move back to uh, Fiorentina, before finishing his career at the place he scored Hellas goals, Hellas Verona. Wow, superb. You've done very, very well then. I'm going to say my highlight is, um, my highlight has got to be Lodigiani. (laughs) 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 It's a situation, it's a situation that I found myself in several times where I'm just like, oh, fucking hell, why is there so many Jannies? Lodigiani. Um, on um, on an individual note and a uh, career statistic note, there's a lot. So we're just going to fly, fly, fly through some of them. He wins Serie B, Bundesliga twice, D- uh, German Cup twice. He wins the German League Cup. He wins the World Cup. Well done. Individually, he wins uh, a note Fiorentina Hall of Fame 2016. Kicker Bundesliga... Team of the season 2007 2008. FIFA World Cup All Star Team 2006, um, where I think he played with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Yanis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Serie B tops, <laughs> Serie B top scorer 2003 2004, beating um, someone. Uh, Serie A top scorer 2005 2006, and Serie A top scorer 2014 2015. And also, he's won the award of having the name that your friend, that your Italian friend has, has when he's talking to someone called Tony because things aren't going really well. He has to sit him down and have a serious conversation. He's like, look, Tony, 
Oh, <laughs> that's even that's wow. even worse. That's even worse than the song. Yeah, that's even worse than the song. Um, which we'll talk about at some point. So let's talk about let's talk about TBF, the big fella. Weird career because I feel like Luca Tony is someone that I thought I thought of when I think of like great Serie A strikers, but in reality, spent. It took him until 2000 to play in Serie A. So he spent six years rotting around in Serie C, Serie B, before playing in Serie A for three years, although not well, playing in Serie A for three years, then went back to Serie B with Palermo before then sort of kicking on again. It's just, a, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what you think. I thought his career was quite odd. Yeah, I mean, I associate, when I think back on Luca Toni, I associate him mainly with Bayern Munich and the national Italian national team. I don't really have a I don't really have a a recollection of him like his time in Syria. But looking at his yeah, looking at his career, um I would have thought he'd played a lot more in Syria and I would have thought he scored a lot more goals than he did in Syria. Um but yeah I didn't have him down as like a journeyman that had come through like Serie B, Serie C. Um but yeah, it's 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 a strange one. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't see, I didn't, I don't, yeah, I didn't recall him for that. No, I also think as well we should probably start calling it the Italian league because it does sound like we're saying he didn't sound like he scored a lot of goals, in Syria, <laughs> but he didn't actually play in Syria at any point. He actually played in Italy. Um, so we're we're going to kind of skip over his original part. He was born he he was born just outside of Modena, lived in Modena, played for Modena, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, which just in case I haven't mentioned, I lived abroad and I speak Italian, so I'm just going to mention that again. Um, and lived in Modena, nice place. Um, no mention, no statues of Luca Toni, nothing like that there. So can't have been that important to all of the people of Modena. But I'd say that his his career kind of starts when he goes to um, Vicenza. Because that's when he starts sort of getting seen around places. He's still bouncing around a little bit there. But he then gets his move to Brescia, which Brescia are one of those weird sides that had... If you looked at... Do you remember when we were talking about Real Zaragoza and having great players? If you looked at players that Brescia had, Brescia also have had some like some very good players... Probably because geographically it's like it's pretty close to Milan. It's in an all, it's in quite a nice part of the country. Um, but at this point as well, while he was there, he played alongside Pep Guardiola, which is pretty cool. Um, he also, but bigger than that, I suppose probably maybe not as a name, but someone in Italian football is he also played alongside Roberto Baggio. That, as per last last week, we had a conversation about. Um, what was it we said last week? No, it wasn't Junior Pumabacano. It was Junior Junior <laughs> Paulista. And this week, thinking of Roberto Baggio, Pep Guardiola, and Luca Toni all lining up together in Brescia kits is arguably more IPA drinking, samba wearing, five panelish than anything else we've ever done. I would say it's pretty high up there, isn't it? Yeah, that's inverting the podcast. That's unreal. Um, the kits as well. Well, I will talk about them later. But yeah, what a what a club! One thing, one thing that the, one thing that the Italian league has always done, and it, and I'm going to say probably will always do well is kits. The Italian league, the what the Italian league does well with kits is it doesn't. They're never usually the biggest brands. Like usually Nike, Nike and Adidas kind of sponsor, like the bigger clubs. So now Nike, Nike, Adidas, Puma, Juve or Adidas. 
Inter Milan and uh, Nike, AC Puma, Roma, Adidas. Do you know what I mean? The big, but then there's like Lotto, Give Over, Joma, Macron, Mizuno. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the the lower tier things, but still make great Oof. Kappa. Yeah, Kappa. Um, the lower tier kits, that, the lower tier brands that still make great kits. And Luca Toni is someone that wore a lot of great kits. Also, just to add to that as well, the most Italian thing ever is Armani sponsoring um, Armani sponsoring Napoli is is the most Italian yeah. thing ever in it. Um, but anyway, he has his time at Brescia. And with the, kind of what the annoyance is a little bit about this pod, not the annoyance, but is we can't spend too much time talking about everything because he's got so many clubs. But... The, what I would say is the turning point when his career gets a bit more interesting is when he actually makes his move to Palermo because he, it, while he's at Brescia, he's played, he's played with Pep, he's played with Roberto Baggio, and he's just, um, he scored, he scored thirteen goals in his first season, then a little bit injury ridden the second season, only gets two goals, but he scored so thirteen is a young, thirteen is a bit younger in 2001-2002 season, injured 2002-2003, but then he makes a move to Serie B. Which is that's a that's a curly one, yeah. Isn't it? But big club, massive club. In fact, arguably, arguably, they're the biggest club in Sicily, aren't they? I uh, I don't want to say it because I don't want any trouble with the with the Sicilians, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, arguably, again, I do not want any trouble. Yeah, especially with like Catania fans and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I would say Palermo are the biggest club in Sicily. But I would I would happily change my mind if anyone wants to change it. I would, in fact, I would say there isn't a small club. I will say this: they are most certainly the pinkest club in Sicily. Yeah. When we and again talking about the kits, a Mama pink Mia. kit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Mamma Mia, indeed. Um, so he agreed to join Palermo, two thousand and three. Gets himself thirty goals Bosh. in Serie B, and this is where this is. This is where he comes to life. And one thing, we, one thing we, we've mentioned and we've spoken about a few times before is about great goal scorers and scorer great goals. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pre-ruin the bit later on. Luca Toni and the score and the biggest scorer of great goals. He scored, he scored nearly three hundred. We scored three hundred goals in his career. He scored nearly three hundred league goals, and it's it's much like that restaurant that's just opened up in the outlet but change the CH for a P, Slim Pickens. Um, there's not exactly... <laughs> there's not exactly... It's not exactly... That loads. might be the worst joke there's of the podcast. Exactly that might be the worst joke of all time on the podcast. That was so bad. That's bottom of the barrel, mate. Nah, look at Tony. Yeah, it's got to be really bad. bad. Look at Tony. Come on. Um, that was... Ter- I, 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 was, I was talking. I was thinking, shut the fuck up. Why is your mouth still moving? But I was I, I can't <laughs> stop. Um but he is he is a scorer of great goals not a no a great goal scorer not a scorer of great goals um but so he scores he scores 30 goals for um Cis, uh, for Palermo during that season and while he's in has that season in Sicily he also gets himself in the national side what are your thoughts on players for big national sides from the second tier playing like as in for Italy at this time, big side, it like England, Spain, France, etc. Well, I mean, if you if it if it's anything like it is now in terms of like Luca Toni, the kind of striker he he was, is a bit of a dying breed at the moment. Like if you look at in the Premier League, for example, there's a real there's a real shortage of like pl- like players that play in and around the box, 
Um, he's a proper number nine, isn't he? Just stays stays in the box, scores the majority of his goals within the within the eighteen yard box. Um, I think now, so for example, if there was a player in the championship who was English, hmm, I might get some flat for this. If there was a player in the championship that was English that was scoring thirty goals, I think he would probably get a look. He'd probably be in with a, in the conversation. Whether or not he would get called up would be another thing, but I don't think there's such a massive jump. I don't know what it's like in Italy if there's, uh, or even at the time, what the what the jump would be like in terms of quality. I'd imagine it would be pretty big, but that player is inevitably going to move. He's going to either get promoted and be playing in in the top division the following season, or he's going to make that move. So if the player's got the quality, I don't really have an issue with it. But if he's playing ahead of someone that's better then yeah but the, I mean the manager see him the manager see him in training will be able to make a decision on whether he's whether or not he's actually good enough so I have absolutely no I have no issue yeah. with it my only thought process in all these things is Jay Boffroyd do you remember Jay Boffroyd yeah, same. for England yeah but that mate he scored so many goals in the championship that season but also <laughs> should not have been playing for England <laughs> so Whilst you've just made a really good point, I completely but, disagree but, with that. <laughs> but the quality of the player, he wasn't he wasn't good enough to play for England. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um anyway, he so once Luca comes back, um, following season, he goes and bags himself twenty goals for the massive Palermo in their first Serie R se- in their first Serie A season, and he gets them to the UEFA Cup. That's class, isn't it? Yeah, that's if you're Luca Tony, if you're Luca Tony, you're thinking, right. I'm really sad. I love life in Sicily. Weather's always lovely. People are really nice. Everyone looks after me. Just taking them to the UEFA Cup. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay forever. Or, there's the other (laughs) option. (laughs) I could go to Fiorentina and be called a traitor and be fucking, like, sought after. Like, I was, like, one of the kids from, like, like I don't know, like, one of the kids from West were looking after someone for in, in, in when we were, like, 13, 14. <laughs> I'm going to do that. So then Luca Tony makes eight. That is a niche reference. Luca Tony makes, Luca Tony makes a 10 million euro uh, move to Fiorentina. Now, Fiorentina as well, again, we need to say this, big club, in it? Yeah, huge club. Um yeah, and also had some massive players playing for it. Um, I love their kits and I love their badge. End of. <laughs> Do you remember when you were younger and you used to like, when you were in like primary school and you wrote a circle about, my name is John, I like Fiorentina, <laughs> I love their kits and I love their badge. I think I, I had one that was like, I remember my one, it was like, I like mashed potatoes and my favourite <laughs> and my favourite song is Give a Little Respect. <laughs> I love mashed potatoes. That's unreal, man. Mashed potatoes are sick to be fair, aren't they? Um, anyway, so Big Luca Big Luca leaves Palermo and Joe's Fiorentina, which actually logically probably makes sense because Fiorentina are a massive club. Not the Palermo aren't a massive club, which they are. But Luca's decision is actually fully vindicated and justified because in his first season at Fiorentina, he scored 31 goals. Bang. Eat that. First time in 50 years that a Serie A player has scored more than 30 goals in a league. I mean, that's that's one way to introduce yourself to 
to your new club, 31 goals. I mean, Mad, isn't it? you can't put a price on it. Well, you can. 10 million. Unbelievable. So unbelievable fee. Bargain. And then second season, obviously, uh, so he scores 31 goals. Fiorentina get themselves in the Champions League, which is great. And obviously, there's um, there's some things that have happened in Serie A, um, such as uh, cheating, um, which Fiorentina get caught up in. Um, so rather than, you know, fourth position, getting themselves into Europe and stuff, they get smacked in the face and slapped on the arse with a 19-point deduction. So Big Luke has gone, shit, I've scored loads of goals, and then loses 19 points. How do you feel about this? So, like, obviously the club's been, dedu- been deducted points. They've not finished in their in their actual position in the league. Do you kind of feel like you could chalk a few of his goals off? No. No. You can't chalk his goals off. I, I would probably... I reckon you could probably knock 10 goals off that. No, because they're influencing the referee... No, because they're, they're, what they've got done for was influencing referees' decisions. So, ref, like, yes, that might have... The, yes, it, how... If Luca Tony scores a 40-yard boomer and then... Or let's say Fiorentina concede a 40-yard boomer, it's going to be extremely difficult to find a reason for that to not go in. I can't imagine it would... I can't imagine... I can't imagine that would have a direct correlation in 10 of the goals that he conceded. 10 of the goals that he scored. There could have been a foul in the build-up for all, for 10 of those goals. And the referee let it play on. So we're going to chalk off 10 goals for the, for, for Luca Toni that year. So he only scored 21 goals. Yeah, but also in the same sense, this is, it's like... Um... This is like those drug Olympics that those people are doing, aren't they? Those lads that are letting everyone get roided up and go to do like Olympic um, events because it's not like Fiorentina were the only team that were cheating. There were loads of teams that were cheating, so it was like Roy, it was like Roydeds going against each other. So it, I, I, I kind of think now nah, it's, it, I don't think you can chalk off any of his goals for it. I think if it was solely Fiorentina that were caught up in it, yeah, fine, but it was not solely Fiorentina. Moving on, second season. All right, so second season, you know what Luca's like? He loves the second season. Comes in, does something well, and he goes, ah, oh, Florence is a stunning part of the world. Florence is my favourite city in the world. And look, we, yeah, we've just had the points deduction, but we're going to be back in Europe. We're going to be brilliant. I think I'm going to stay here forever. But that's not Luca's thought process, is it? <laughs> Luca thinks, fuck this, I'm out. Which is a very common theme in Luca's career. He has two seasons and then goes, I'm done. Yeah, gets gets cold feet. Quite like, it's itchy feet, sorry, not cold feet. Gets itchy feet and he's like, nah, I've had enough. I've done my business. I've done 31 goals. I can't top it. Let's get out of here. But does he, Josh? Yeah. Gets 16 goals. Gets 16 goals in the second season despite being injured all the time. So, I mean, like, uh, I mean, yeah. that's pretty good. That's a great return. You'd be happy with that even if you played the full season. Yeah. Um, not injured all the time, sorry. He misses about 10 games. But then he's like, he goes, look, Andrea Della Valle, who is the owner of Fiorentina, I want to leave. I, but I promise you I'll never go to any other Italian team. All right, fine. So he goes to Bayern <laughs> Munich, which is fair enough because he says he would never go to another Italian team. He's presented on the same day as Frank Ribery. That is a case of like, Bayern fans think, Bayern fans are going to be like, oh, some fella from Galatasaray and some lad from Fiorentina. I wonder if they'll be all right. Little did they know. Little did they know. <laughs> Although this might actually know Ribery came from Marseille, didn't he? Not Fiorentina. Um, not Galatasaray, sorry. Who was it that um, Man United signed on the same day they signed Ronaldo? Was it Was it, Was it? it Jemba Jemba? Cleberson. Cleberson, that's yeah, Cleberson. it. Imagine you're like 
Bayern Munich would be like, oh, we've got this great player, Luca Toni, coming from Italy. Oh, yeah, we've got this little little bloke, little bloke, not not very good looking, but yeah, he's he's, he's meant to be pretty good. Might <laughs> might not quite make it. Might be a bit of a Cleverson. Not a fucking <laughs> yeah. chance, mate. Absolute barnstormer. And the other way is that Man United was like, yeah, we've just bought in this lad from Portugal. He was really good in a pre-season friendly, but I've seen Tom Cleverley look like, I've seen Tom Cleverley look like Kevin De Bruyne in a pre-season friendly, so it probably means nothing. But we've got World Cup winning central midfielder Cleberson coming in who is going to transform and revolutionise the club. And how did that work out? Um, but Big Luca makes the move to, Big Luca makes the move to Bayern Munich. Now, I would I would think right and maybe this is a, just a completely wrong generalization and I, I, and maybe this could even be perceived as offensive but I don't think it is but I'm going to say it okay. Italian strikers don't travel well Interesting Italian if you think about Italian strikers they don't travel well if you think about the best Italian strikers that you can think of they all only played in Italy or if they played abroad it wasn't massively successful De Cagno yeah, but De Canio's not one of the best. De Canio's not one of the best Italian strikers. We think of him in a positive way because he played because he's a cult figure in England. To me, is, Z- is Zola a striker? Mm, yeah, maybe. But if you think of like Totti, Del Piero, Baggio, Tony, Inzaghi, all of those players don't travel. Even like even like look in modern day, Chiro Mobile scores absolute shitloads for Lazio. Went to D- yeah. Dortmund, did nothing. Went to Sevilla, did nothing. Um, what are you trying to say about the Italian league? Are you trying to say it's more suited to a certain type of striker? No, I'm not saying that at all. And I'm actually just about to say someone who completely disregards my point, but Bobo Vieri, because he scored like 100 goals when he went to Atletico Madrid. But Bobo Vieri, is, it's not a case of he wasn't as good as anyone else. It wasn't a case of Totti wasn't as good as anyone else. It's just I feel like they they just generally, I don't what the reason is, I don't know, but generally they don't travel that well. And they also don't travel that often. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you are right, actually, because when... Going completely off subject. When uh, Zaniolo signed for Villa, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's a sexy name, but he's Italian, so it's probably not going to work for him. And that's that's the exact same thought process, like, and it, has, and it hasn't really. So, yeah, you are bang on. I'm trying to think how many great Italians there have been in the Premier League. Tacanio and Zola... Would you say Jorginho's a great Italian? But he's but also Jorginho's Brazilian. Jorginho's Brazilian with an Italian citizenship, so... Still Italian, mate. Can't be saying stuff like that. Well, we, no, well, no sorry. So he, was born, he, was, he, was born and, he was born and grew up in Brazil and then got Italian citizenship, so maybe... Anyway, right, this is kind of beside the point. Because Luca defies this point. Luca defies this point, which is kind of what I'm trying to get out to, but uh, I've convinced myself so much that he was actually shit at Bayern Munich. Um... But he was given number nine shirt, first season, Luca Tony, Rigatoni, Bombaloni, <laughs> 24 goals in 31 games, all right? Which is class, all right? 21 goals in 30, 21, 24 in 31 games in the league, class. In the cup, five in four, more than a goal a game in any, any walk of football is, is unreal. And then he also gets 10 in the UEFA Cup, which they actually lose, which is sad. But well, is it sad? I can give a fuck. But they lose. They lose in the UEFA Cup. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who he shares? Who he shares the record with for the top goal scorer in the UEFA Cup that season? Oh my god! What year was you it? Would ne- I, 
2007, 2008. I'll give you a clue. He played in England for Reading and Fulham. Leroy Lita. Nope. Pavel Pogrebniak. Do you remember him? Oh, my God, yeah. He was a monster. Yeah, I remember him. Fucking hell. Mate, how good was he? For, like, four games. <laughs> yeah, he was incredible for a little bit and then just fell off. Didn't he play unreal against and- Man United? Was it against Man United? I'm pretty sure it was. He well, he also won the UEFA Cup that year with Zenit when they beat, um, I think it was Rangers or Celtic in the final, um, with that all gold kit. But Luca Tony comes into that side, um, and yeah, they they actually got knocked out in the um, they get knocked out by Getafe. Um, no, sorry, that's a lie. They get knocked out by Zenit. They beat Getafe and they get knocked out by Zenit. Sorry, I read my notes in the wrong way, um, and. He, like I said, finishes UEFA Cup top scorer with 10 goals. What I do think this does show is that this is not the great Bayern, is it? Because the great Bayern no. is not competing in the in the UEFA Cup, is it? Who's who's winning the league at this point? Is it? It must be... Um, no, what, they, they actually win They win the league in the season that they're in the UEFA Cup. But they just get knocked out of the early stages of the Champions League. That is tragic. Yeah, this is the time of like... Um, do you remember oh, G- Diego, Graffit and Dzeko as a front three for um, Wolfsburg? This must be around that sort of time. Um, but they, um, he scores a lot of goals. In what I think, what, what kind of, what my point was alluding to is, now I think you could very much argue either way that the Bund, well, I think you could probably feasibly argue that the Bundesliga is a better league than Serie A. Or you could argue the other way around. Whereas for me at this point, looking at it, there's no argument Serie A is a better league than mm-hmm. the Bundesliga by a mile, is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Bayern Munich, massive club. No denying that they're a massive club. But, and and, and I also think, sorry, just to come back, because Bayern Munich now probably are what I would what I would say are a European powerhouse, and they and they are a European powerhouse. But at this point, they're not the, they're not the Bayern Munich of now. Just like the fact they win the German league, obviously, but they're not the Bayern Munich of now that have won 11 on the bounce or 10 on the bounce or whatever, um, that can go and they can go and attract someone like Harry Kane. Do you know what I mean? Like, Luca Tony's a great player, but he's not Harry Kane. They wouldn't, yeah. at this point, they're not attracting those type of players. Um, but he does score shitloads of goals in there. So that, that's the that's the thing to, to, take him, to take him from all of this. Six foot four. Scoring loads of goals in the German league, loads of sexy little touches, and the best part is you've got at this point what you've got Drogba wearing the vapors, you've got Arjen Robin wearing the F fifties, <laughs> you've got Ronaldo in the vapors as well, you've got Messi just coming through in the F fifties, Luca Toni goal scorer, huge club. What do you want, Luca? Uh, lotto. Oh, all right, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Pair of lottos. Oh mate, he scored a lotto goals in them. <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> mate! The boots, the boots are rascal. They are so yeah, bad. Are. I think. Um, yeah. Do you know what they remind me of? Do you ever? Oh, what was the? Do you remember the four four two magazine? On the back, in the back of the four four two magazine, you used to get all the boots, didn't you? That those boots stick in my brain so much from that magazine. They were disgusting, but they were they were quite eye catching. And obviously they were quite good for scoring a lot of goals. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. That's probably why me and you, me and you, were defenders because, or and goalkeepers because that we didn't wear lottos. Um, 
like Luca Toni. But you would just think if you like if you were being if you were a big famous footballer, surely you wouldn't wear lottos. Nah, only the only other player that I can think of ever wearing a lotto was Gary Neville. Nah, he wore the Deodoras, man. They weren't even lottos. Were they Deodoras? His, yeah, they were Deodoras. But Roy Keane wore those Deodoras as well, so I'd rather wear those Deodoras than the lottos. He might have worn lottos as well, but he used to wear the with a big green Deodora on the side. Oh, yeah, he did wear the green Deodoras. You're right. They're quite nice, actually. Take that back. Yeah, they're decent. <laughs> yeah, the Deodoras are <laughs> all right. Um, but he, second season, he still is scoring a lot of goals. He's getting himself injured again, which, again, appears to be a relatively common thing, scoring a lot of goals. So he's had two seasons, two seasons at Bayern Munich. And he's thought... Right, I've scored nearly 40 goals in two seasons here. The fans love me. There's actually a song that is called Luca Tony, You Are Number One. And it's someone just saying things that rhyme with Luca Tony that then goes, Say Numero Uno, which is You Are Number One. So it's like, Luca Tony, Rigatoni, Mascarpone. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Um, two years, and he's gone, Right, I love this. And we, we, we think. We think, we don't know him 100%, but we think and imagine that Luca Toni is he's a good-looking bloke. He's probably quite a horny man. So what he would need just to make it cement after two years, because we usually at two years he blows up, is to get the horniest manager <laughs> in the history of football to come in and take over. Louis van Gaal's Red Army. Get Louis in, the horn dog, and he will sort it all out. What happened to season three? Gets angry. Falls out of him. Shock gets angry and falls out with him. He doesn't play him. He gets rid of him. Luca Tony plays four games that season and then he's done. He's off to he's he's off and away out to Italy. But the nail in the coffin is when he walks out of the he get he basically gets hooked at half time and then just leaves the stadium. So in a game in November he gets hooked at half time and leaves the stadium. Like would you as a fan like brand new managers come in, he's just got you rid of your. He's just about to terminate the contract of your star striker. Would you, as a fan, accept that or not accept that? I think this is. I think in theory you go, yeah, back the manager, but he's brand new, and he is your star striker. Do you know what I mean? Depends who the manager is, really. Um, yeah, like you said, star striker. Oh, he's a fan favorite as well. It's hard. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Uh, you, You'd almost you'd almost hate the manager right from the get go. It's a, it's a but also you kind of got to respect it in, in the same breath as I like. If he's not if he doesn't fancy him, what's the, it's no point having him about. You may as well get rid of him. But terminating his contract when he's just scored all those goals is a, is a bit brain dead. I think there's there's money to be made there. But we know what Van Gaal's like. He's he's too horny for his own good, and he's got a bit too excited and he's gone too early. And he's ruined it for everyone. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Louis. You made him sound like you made him sound like the bloke at a party. This like party starts at eight, and he's absolutely steaming obliterated yeah. ball bags by like quarter past eight. He's called the he's called the person who's hosting it. Mum's a slag, and now everyone's getting kicked out. And you're like, mate, I've literally had one Heineken, and now we've got to go home. I've got to walk all the way back across Swindon for that. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Louis. Yeah, fucking hell, Louis. Um, but he gets rid of him. But I also think this sort of brings on to the point of Luca Tony doesn't appear to be the easiest of characters to manage, given the fact that he's... 
as a sneeze, given the fact that he's he's never really done, like this is his third season, but really he had two seasons there, didn't he? Like, because he played four games in the final one before leaving. Like, he must, I don't know the bloke, but it does appear that he comes across like he's a really difficult person to manage. It's a consistent theme as we carry on as well. Yeah, it seems like he's got a bit of that Jose Mourinho third season blows up syndrome. Um, maybe he just likes to move about. Maybe he just gets it gets well, he does get itchy feet. We've we've discussed that. Maybe it's the lotos. Maybe they're on too tight. Maybe he's not drying his feet correctly after his shower. Um, I don't know, but I, I think he just wants to to see it all. I think he's. I reckon he's set out from the start. Obviously, he's a bit of a journeyman at the start. Lower 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 divisions and he's gone do you know what if I ever make it I'm just going to try all of the clubs if I try them all at the end of it I'm going to be able to decide which one was my favourite and then I can just go back to that one yeah class idea it is actually quite smart when you think about it Um, yeah fair play actually I'll take it all back (laughs) Right, on, an, on another positive note, something that we just haven't spoken about yet that I feel that like we have to is, like we said, he's not a, he's a, score of, he's a great scorer of goals, not a scorer of great goals, but he has a class celebration. And that I rate. Uh-huh. The, little hand move, the little hand movement by the ear, yeah. Quality celebration. Did he make that up? I feel like, who else does that? He did it first, I think. Doesn't Drogba do it as well? I'm pretty sure Drogba did it in the Champions League final after he scored the header. Big Luke has been doing it for years before that. Maybe he's done it for Lucas Oni. I think that the Ooh. reason he sort of said it was just sort of being like, "Have you just? Can you realise what I've just done? Look how crazy this is!" Like, fair, which is which? A lot of the times is just score a pretty bang average goal from eight yards out, <laughs> but do it a lot. Um, I also think as well, one thing that I was sort of getting when I was reading into him and uh, and looking at him and stuff like that is he is a, he is like, he's a premium target man, isn't he? Like, because there's big, there's big players that, uh, that can hold up the ball and bring people into play and whatever. Luca Tony is the, Luca Tony, if like, that ball is stuck to him like glue if it comes anywhere near him, but also... He's technically brilliant and he scores a shitload. Generally speaking, target men aren't the most prolific, are they? He's like a premium, premium target man. Yeah, no. He, and also for a big guy, he plays on the last man quite a lot, tries to get in behind. And that's one of the things I noticed as well when I was watching some of his goals back. He seems to be offside quite a lot and the linesman doesn't put his flag up. Again, we're going to chalk 10 goals off for him for that season. Um, just watching those highlights alone, I thought the ref, the liners had an absolute stinker there. Um, but yeah, for a big man who can hold it up and still, he's got he's got great feet. I think yeah, if you if he, if he was about now, he'd be a kind of player that like Chelsea, for example, would be absolutely crying out for. He'd be he'd be he'd be yeah, most sought after. Good shout, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Um, thank you for setting that one up. Um. But he he was never he was never quick, and I think we're going to come back to that when we speak about his last club. And 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 it doesn't really have like you say he played in the last man, but was never the quickest. Wasn't like the in behind sort of player, but it didn't really affect him that much. But anyway, moving on. So he's so after he's promised Fiorentina he'll never go back to Italy. He then makes the move to Roma, um, which <laughs> which is the capital. Um, so pretty obvious place to spot him. Um, Big Luca plays. Uh, uh, scores five goals for them. Then after Roma goes to Genoa, 
in the 2010, beginning of the 2010, 2011 season, he's at Genoa. Lovely, love Genoa. Very nice club. Um, scores three goals for Genoa and then obviously makes the move to Juventus. Like, of course, that's what happens. <laughs> like, a big name, a big name in the league at that point. Juventus maybe not as strong as they were. Get He's going to go there. And you think, right, we know what Luca's like. He loves to have two seasons at us. He's been, oh, he's just so brilliant. Two in 14 and then he fucks off to UAE. <laughs> and you, two in 14. He's done it again! <laughs> two in 14 fucks off to UAE. Comes back, plays one season for Fiorentina, which is almost like a victory lap for him, where he scores eight in 27. And I think at this point, in any other player's career or trajectory, you go, well done. Like, that's it. Do you know what I mean? USA. He's 35. He's 35 when he leaves there. Um, When he leaves Fiorentina. In fact, he's 36 when he leaves Fiorentina. And you think, yeah, you've done your bit. All right, well done. But that's not what fucking Luca thinks, is it? That is certainly not what he thinks. What happens is the the I mean the 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 um the team. Jesus Christ, that is awful. Sorry, he makes a move to Hellas Verona. Is what happens, right? Hellas Verona are sponsored by what a two thousand and nine to two thousand and twelve forum shopping person would love nothing more than a sponsor, Franklin and Marshall. The only thing that could possibly be better would be a UCLA one. Do you remember when you did Franklin and Marshall t-shirts? Yeah, that was a that was a moment in time. That was like college, wasn't yeah. it? Um yeah. I never they I, were too expensive for me. I was, I was too busy them. wearing um Top Man I Love Pies t-shirts at that point. So I didn't have one of those bad boys. I had I had one, I think maybe two. Franklin and Marshall t-shirts and I thought I was the fucking daddy in them um, and do you know Franklin and Marshall also as well just a completely different thing are an Italian brand that would make sense that would make a lot of sense I would have been surprised if they were an Italian brand no but like Franklin and Marshall when it was quite like a college preppy type thing was not what I put together with like Italian no but also they sponsor Hellas Verona so I would be very surprised if they were like a <laughs> rant, like an American brand sponsoring yeah, just Hellas Verona but no, yeah, when true. I saw it the first, when I first saw it on the kit, I thought that's really weird. But then my brain kicked in, and I realised, ah, oh, yeah, it's definitely an Italian brand. And the kits, mate! Oh my god, the kits! We're not actually going to talk. They they don't actually make any of the top three, which I mean is a bit of a disgrace. It's a farce. They are. They have got some fucking great kits. The colours are unbelievable. Yeah, and they're an absolute banker for the uh, classic football shirts dot com sale you oh mate just about to say if you if i was actually gonna i was actually thinking about looking them up before this they used to be all the time on there like always on sale the nike ones at that point were always on sale they are yeah bangers um right so he plays so he goes to verona at 36 years old right and he then goes and nets 20 Three, 23? Yes, 20, no, sorry, 28, 20. He scores 20 goals in 34 games at 36 years old. That is, that's <laughs> class, isn't it? This is, I think his time at Verona is the time that I love him the most. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. Because I think it's, he doesn't need to be playing football at this age. And he's still playing and he's playing at such a high, high standard and scoring goals you can't not love it. Like if he was playing for like one of the, if he was playing for one of the bigger clubs, you'd be like, oh yeah, 
that's quite impressive, whatever. But when he's playing for one of the smaller clubs, he's he's won the World Cup. He's done it in he's done it in Syria before. He's done it in um, the Bundesliga, and he's just he's just like Do you know what I'm just going to enjoy my last few years playing football in Italy, playing for a club that no real aspirations to do much, and I'm going to just score a shitload of goals in great kits. Right, everything a single part about it. Lovely part of the country as well, Verona, and also Verona. Hellas Verona are probably not seen as much of it now, but Hellas Verona were the smaller club out of them in Kiev. They were this is a two it's a two club city and I would say they're the smaller club. Which might upset some of our Hellas Verona fans. But that is how I would have perceived it at the time. Because they'd just been promoted to Serie A when he got when they came up. Not a bad signing, is it, for a club that's just been promoted. Going to get a World Cup winning striker. I know he's a bit old, but oh, mate, what a what a touch that was. They also get a Champions League winning centre back in Rafael Marquez as well. They used to have two cent Hellas Hellas Verona used to have two centre backs called Marquez. I think it was Rafael Marquez and Rafa Marquez. Um, <laughs> I, I might be I might be completely lying, but I think that's true. I actually went to when I lived in Italy. I actually went to see Hellas Verona play uh, Sassuolo, and Luca Toni was up front. And I no word of a lie. I reckon his Fitbit must have think he must have thought he was sleeping. He he literally <laughs> prob- he ran. He must have run 200 metres the whole game, but also couldn't give a fuck. Um, but he scored loads of goals that season. So, like I said, he scores 20 and 34. He's 36. He's just about to turn 37 now. You probably think, right, look, I've done a really good job here. Time to finish. Time to hang the boots up, wouldn't you? Yeah? Yeah, phase him out. Bring in a young striker. Let him see out his days on the bench. Yeah, fair play. But Luca goes, actually, fuck that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do another season at Hellas Verona. I'm going to play every single league game for them. I'm going to be their captain. And I'm going to score 22 goals in that season and be the top scorer in Italy. Fuck you, father time. Yeah. That is Benjamin Button logic, isn't it? Yeah, Benjamin Benjamin Button of the goals. Started his career. Started his career um, with lots of jannies around him, scoring a goal a season. <laughs> Finished his career in Verona, scoring hundreds of goals. Um, he 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 was ranked on a list of like the top ten players over thirty six. Who the fuck is making that list? <laughs> who's like who is making that list? Um, it's, yeah, it's not. It's he, nothing to be proud of. You're like, oh, I come second in that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, second season, two seasons, 42 goals. You think, ah, right, Luke, and you now you know when to stop because you know what you're like on that third season. He goes, I've got to break the curse at some point. And does he? No. He scores six goals in 23 <laughs> games. But, but I mean, he, he tried. So, the, it, probably the, mo- the, well, the, the most prolific period of his career is when he's at Fiorentina, really. Because when he's at Fiorentina... He becomes, he actually breaks the record for the most amount of goals scored in one Serie A season when he scores 31 goals. He becomes the first player to do it in 50 years. But to score over 30, but he was the, he was the leading scorer with 31 at that point. Um, and then just sort of does, all, does well at Bayern, then doesn't do well, and then all of a sudden comes back as a 36, 37, 38 year old and just starts smashing the shit out of again. Such a weird. Such a weird career, isn't it? 
it's such a weird league because that seems to be like something that happens quite a lot. Not that players don't don't score goals earlier in their career, but players seem to have so much more longevity in in, um, in the Italian league than they do in other leagues around Europe. Um, I don't know if it's the pace. It must be the pace of the game. I know it's a lot more defensive. It's a lot slower. At 36, you can just walk around and then wait for the ball to bounce to you in the box. You haven't got to worry about players sprinting, worried about their stats. Yeah, but this is also, like you said, like, like we were speaking about earlier, about him as a target man. He's the perfect type of player to get better as he gets older because he's going to understand what he needs to do more and he was never the quickest. Um, but I also think as well, to sort of back up your point, this is probably, I would say 2010 to like 2014 is probably... Like we said about Bayern around 2008 being a weaker league, probably Serie A at this point, five to six years later, is definitely a weaker league. Like the sides around them aren't the great sides that they were before. The great players that were there for 10, 15 years are on their last leg. Like, do you remember that Milan? Do you remember that season that Milan retired, like um, at the end of the season, Gattuso, Ambrosini, Inzaghi, Nesta all retired at the end of one season, Abiati, all retired All retired at the end of one season. You're like, fucking hell, that is a lot of old bastards to retire at the end of one season. This is like that sort of era of Serie A where the older technical players seem to be getting more airtime, game time, um, and the league was kind of weak at this point, I would say. But anyway, back to the question, mate, how good was Luca Toni? The answer is very good. Very, very good. A dying breed of a number nine, I'd say. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll see a resurgence. Maybe one that does a bit more running and doesn't blow up on the third season. There, there, there won't be. I don't think there'll be many other quite as good and technically as many target mans that are technically as good as him. But we do hope to see more players like him at some point. Um, right. Let's go through the. We'll go through the quiz and stuff in a minute after we talk about his goals and his kits. So, do you want to start us off with his kits? Like you said, there's hundreds. Oh, there's so many good kits, and I feel like we're not doing it justice by naming just just three. We'll go through a couple. We've got a couple of honourable mentions, but we'll go through these three. They're three, I would say, iconic kits as well as three belters. So, coming in at number three, we've got the Palermo 2003-2004 home shirt, and it is a beauty. We've got the pink the Palermo pink body. The sleeves are pink. The body is pink. The neck and underarm slash torso is black. Woof. And then little red lotto badge on the side. And the Palermo badge on the other side with the big gold eagle on it. Oh, mate, it's an absolute banger. It's got some weird sponsor on it. I can't. It's in Italian. I couldn't tell you, but it's not the best sponsor. Some sponsors look quite nice on a kit. I'd probably you could probably do without it. Um, that's why it's only in at number three. At number two, oof, Fiorentina 2012-2013 home shirt. I mean, the shirt itself is fairly plain, right? Fairly plain. It's the it's it's the standard Fiorentina purple, which is a lovely shade of purple. But we've got the Fiorentina badge in the middle. Central badge. Absolutely love a centralised badge. Joma to the right. Save the children. Stitched on the chest next to the badge. Oh, absolute bower. Then 
sponsorship Mazda. Okay then, Mazda. <laughs> Don't really see that on a shirt, but Mazda have managed to make their way onto a beautiful shirt. Then this is the this is the uh, as Stuart Pierce would say the pesto de, de resistance. <laughs> We've got what would you what are they called? Witso? They uh, I I think it looks like the fleur the fleur de lis. What is it? Oh, what a Giglio. That's it, the Giglio. The gigolo on the uh, on the shoulders. We've got the gigolo on the shoulders. Oh, mate. It's, oh, it's a lovely shirt. So that's in at number two. Number one. Now, this shirt is obviously a nice shirt, but it's probably the most iconic shirt that he wears. It's the Italy 2006 home shirt that they wore when they won the World Cup. Uh, mate, it is a belter. Again, centralised Italy badge. Gold Puma logo in the middle with the gold number on the front the number on the front mate i don't know about you but i absolutely love the number on the front of a shirt um especially at the national ones it looks so good um and then it's just a it's a nice shade of blue it's it's not it's not overstated but the gold the gold is perfect the gold screams world cup winners so yeah we're going for the top three then so we've got the Palermo 2003-2004 home shirt, the Fiorentina 2012-2013 home shirt. Oof, we've saved the children on the chest. And then at number one, the Italy 2006 home shirt World Cup winners. But I want to give a special mention as well to the Bayern Munich 2007 home away and third shirts. Oh. They're bangers, mate. The T-Mobile sponsor in the middle. They had that for a long time. Um, have they still got it now? Uh, T-Mobile. Yeah, I think, so. I um, think so. Okay, well, they've had it for a very fucking long time then. I can't think. Um, but, yeah, centralised Adidas badge. The Bayern Munich badge is only off to the left, so it's not it's not made its way into the middle. If it made its way into the middle, it's, it's going to probably make the top three. It's a banger. Um, and then we've got the red and white stripes across the torso. Great shirt. And we've also got another honourable mention for um, the Brescia third 2002-2003 shirt. Oh, my God. Umbro. Umbro doesn't normally make the list, does it? But this one's... I mean, this is an honourable mention, but it looks kind of a bit like a Bordeaux shirt, but better. The big, fat, white V across the torso, and then the rest of it just looks a little bit like a stock Umbro shirt. But it's still about... It's still a banger. I also want to bring up two honourable mentions as well for the, the Juventus Away kit 2011-2012, the pink one with a fucking massive star in the middle of it, which is <laughs> just a bit nuts, but it's nice. But I also want to give a shout out to the Hellas Verona third shirt, 2014-2015. It's so nice, a black shirt that is so nice, I genuinely think you could probably wear it to a funeral and people will go, wow, you look great today. Because it's that nice, it would make people stop and stare at a funeral. But I don't know; it just doesn't quite feel. The other ones give me more of a Luca Tony vibe. But there's there's so many, there's too many. Um, but yeah, unbelievable kits. Right, goals. I'm gonna go through his top three goals, which I'm gonna say are there are some good goals in here. There's not the great goals in here that you would maybe expect um, in other podcasts. So we're gonna start with um, his goal against. Cagliari. So his goal against Cagliari is the one that 
if you're playing clubs with your mates, it goes in and all of you are in the party going, what the fuck? That never happens. That never happens. This game is bullshit. It is literally <laughs> that goal. There he scores a header from like 18 yards out. It is an absolute bullet. You know when football fans sing the song about um, he'd head a brick? This is literally, if he headed a brick here, he would have broken the brick in half. I reckon he could have headed a house at this point. He's an <laughs> edge of the box one. Um, it's a bit of a beauty. But it only makes it to number three because... It's one of those goals I laughed at when I watched, but I was also like, I can appreciate how class it is. But it's not technically beautiful. Second in this list is his goal for Italy against Holland. Um, and he basically eats Ron Vlaar alive. Um, which, no. But also, Ron Vlaar, Ron Vlaar with a full head of hair. And he... He basically wrestles him at the edge of the box, takes it round him, and then does like a little in-between scoop flick forward slash outside of the boot thing round the keeper. And Ron Vlar is fuming. And he's doing a thing where he's throwing the arms everywhere, trying to blame everyone else. But really, he knows that he's fucked up. He knows that it's his fault. Not his fault because Luca Toni is just stronger and better, but he's gone, that's my man, and I shouldn't. Yeah, that shouldn't have happened. Ron Vlar with hair is like looking at Predator, you know, Predator when they take Predator's mask off and it's got that absolutely vile face underneath. That is Ron Vlar with hair. <laughs> Concrete Ron needs to be bold, otherwise he's he's soft Ron. Fucking hell, soft Ron. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, number back three. To the goal. Number three. Uh, number one. Sorry, is and I think this is rightfully so a goal that he scores for Verona. In when he is 37 years old, where he just cut backs, he get as a ball comes across the block, he cuts it back past the Udinese defender and just slots it in the corner and does the happy little hand celebration. And you're like, this is technically brilliant. Like this is so good. If you were five, this is technically brilliant. And if you were five foot seven, you couldn't do this. But because you're big, strong, handsome Luca, you can do this. And it's a great goal. So again, the goals from three to one are number three the pro club's header from about 150 yards out that you're fuming about. Number two, soft Ron getting eaten alive um, with a full head of hair. And number one is a lovely little cutback from an old man who slots it into the bottom right-hand corner, which is class. So, in answer to the question, Mayhauger was Luca Tony, underrated or overrated? Oh, this is actually really hard. I'm going to say under... I say underrated every week, but I'm going to say underrated purely because of the amount of goals he scored. He scored so many fucking goals. Obviously, we're going to chalk 10 off for the match fixing, but besides that, he still scores a lot. Any player that scores 300 goals, I don't think you can say overrated, unless people are just talking absolute nonsense about him. Um, But yeah, I think his journey up through the lower divisions to become a World Cup winner is sick. And something I don't, they don't, uh, prior to doing this, I didn't really know about. So, yeah, I'm going to say, in terms of probably, in, like, you, like, Brit, fucking hell. In terms of, like, our perception of him, I would say he's probably underrated as a striker. Yeah, agreed. I think he comes in, I thought he would come, Luca Tony would come into that collection of Italian strikers that just, like, weren't quite good enough, like Gilardino. But he's way better than that type of player. So, yeah, I agree. Underrated. You said as well Chelsea earlier. Is that where you think he would go? And how much do you think he'd be worth? Let's say after the Fiorentina move. 
multiple seasons. Yeah, I think I think he's. I yeah, I think he would probably go to if he was about now. Would Chelsea buy him? They probably should buy him. I don't know. I feel like so. Yeah, I said earlier he Chelsea would could do him a player like that. But I feel like Dortmund would buy him. And I feel like he would, yeah, he would be unreal at Dortmund, like he was at Bayern. Really easy, really easy comparison to make. But yeah, I think I think Dortmund would be would be the kind of club that would buy him from Fiorentina. Yeah, I I feel like he's the type of person that goes, I would never go to an Italian another Italian club, but then make a move to Juventus for eighty million. I think he's absolutely <laughs> stinks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah agree. Absolutely stinks to that. Um, but yeah, good player, and we're saying 75, 80 million. For a great a score a great scorer of goals, do you reckon, or a bit less? Yeah, I'd say about that. I reckon so. Eighty million. I think mm. if he went to Dortmund, he'd go to Dortmund for forty-five million. But I think he'd yeah. go to Venice, he'd go to <laughs> for eighty million. Um, right. Here's my quiz. Y'all ready for this? So, question number one: True or false? Luca Toni played with only one player more than a hundred times. True. Uh, it's actually false. He never played with anyone over a hundred times, uh, which is nice. mental, isn't it? He's got he's played he's played domestically alone five hundred and sixty eight times. He plays nearly fifty times for the um, for the national team, and he's played and he played across Europe for about four to five years of his career and all the cup competitions. And he's never played with anyone more than a hundred times. The person he played with the most was Fabio Grosso, who he played with ninety three times. Fucking hell, yeah, he. I mean, he didn't stay anywhere long enough to play with him for a hundred times. Yeah. So exactly, mad. But you'd think that there would be like one Italian journeyman who would be somewhere pretty close to him, which I suppose is what Fabio Grosso comes under. Yeah. Um, right. Question number two: Which out of the because I can't play Edu or Arteta because he didn't play with either of them. So which one of the um, Inzaghi brothers did he play with? Filippo or Simone? S- Simone. He actually didn't play with UEFA Champions League winning manager Simone Inzaghi. He played with <laughs> Filippo Inzaghi. Um, Where? Good question. Uh, Don't know the answer. Italy. Yeah, Italy. <laughs> right, gotcha. Uh, yeah, Italy. Um, right, true or false? Luca Toni once took the church to court. <laughs> false. Nope, True. Luca Toni, when he this is this is no joke, right? Which this is fucking mental, and I can't believe I wait till this point to explain this. Luca Toni, when he was at basically, he got advised when he moved to Germany to declare that he was Catholic. So because he declared he was Catholic, he had to pay a tax that went towards the Catholic Church, which is about seven percent of what he earned. So he had over two years amassed one point seven million pound paid in tax to 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 the German Catholic Church, which he then took them to court to try and get his money back for. So he took the court to church. Took the church to court, sorry. <laughs> that is hell. absolutely mental, isn't it? Um, and he said, if someone believes if someone believes in God, he shouldn't pay the church. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, question number four. Luca Toni's record of 31 goals was beaten by Cristiano Ronaldo in the 2019-2020 season. True. False. His record of 31 goals was his his record of thirty one goals was beaten by Gonzalo Higuain in the fifteen sixteen season for Napoli before he moved to Juve, and Ronaldo wasn't even the top scorer of the season that he matched him because Chiro Mobile also scored thirty six goals in that season. Stats. And here we go for make up some shit. Question number five: 
Luca Tony, Luca Tony tried to make a comedy series in Canada where he helped his friend who was very surprised by everything. And every episode, there was a gag where someone went, Luca Tony, calm down. And he goes, but I'm not even mad. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Right. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Well done. Right. That's us. So, again, 40 minutes, we said, hour and five minutes later, and we're still here. <laughs> right. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on socials at MateHGW. Hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, obviously, new player pods. New player pods coming again next week and the week afterwards, but then it's our mid-season summer break. Um, See ya. Which is, yeah, which is, yeah, good. I'm off to a warm weather training camp. And Dono is... Dono, where are you off to? Um, I am going to a um, altitude training. Yeah, nice. Class. Can't wait. So you've still got this and then two more to come, but then we are going to be taking a little break, which will not last too long. Um, right, if you haven't already, follow us on socials, like, subscribe, all the standard jargon. Socials are at MateHGW. God bless and we love you so much. Goodbye. Bye from me. And it's a bye from me. Goodbye. I love mashed potatoes. Bye.